woods and waters of the Great Lakes State to the Michigan Talk Network. It's Wild Michigan with your host, Duran Martinez. I'm Duran Martinez. Happy to have you here on the Michigan Talk Network. We are into March. Oh my gosh! I think we're in our fourth winter as well, but uh, that's okay. We're gonna we're gonna see spring eventually, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I want to thank our friends at Not Just Guns, Cedar Street 127 in Mason. Uh, they are going to be busy. I'm thinking with new legislation uh, getting uh, put into the Michigan Senate by. Yeah, we'll talk about that more in a little bit. But uh, I'm thinking Not Just Guns is going to be busy, busy as always. Cedar Street 127 and Mason, notjustguns.com. Make sure to pick up all your ammo and your firearms of, of choice there. And also thank our friends at Conquest Sense um, in uh, Davison, Michigan, conquestsense.com. Sense in a stick, and I'm going to be at the United Deer Farmers of Michigan event this 17th and 18th of this month. I get to be the guest speaker on the 18th. Blaine Anthony, Anthony rather, the uh, Bear Whisperer will be the speaker on the 17th. All the information and uh, your registration is on our website, wildmichiganradio.com, and we are going to talk now to Chad Stewart with the Michigan DNR. Chad, uh, welcome, sir. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, Duran. How about you? I'm ex- I'm good. I, I'm a little nervous about this guest speaker thing because, you know, I get, don't, don't get to hide in the studio behind a, a microphone. I got to be talking in front of people, and <laughs> I don't know if I can do it. But uh, it's it's oh, going to be cool. Natural. Thanks, brother. I appreciate that. It's it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to to learning about about that industry even more. You know, and, and hopefully we can teach them a few things about radio. Is uh, why I'm going. But uh, let, let's teach people about the first of 2022, it was the first time that we were uh, actually required to uh, do our uh, deer, I have our deer checked or, uh, you know, registered uh, within 72 hours of being taken online. The new app is out and it's an awesome app from the Michigan DNR. Very easy to use. If I can use it, anybody can use it. And you can get your deer entered in there. And it was a, a pretty good turnout from what I'm seeing. Yeah, I mean, I, I think everybody, at least in our agency, was really happy with, one, how the, the reporting system operated, but but also how hunters gravitated towards it. You know, so we had over 300,000 deer reported through uh, through our system this, this first year, which, when you think about it, is pretty incredible. It, it, it wound up being the second highest in the Midwest, and, and you know, typically Michigan – is right at the top of, you know, the estimated deer harvest in the Midwest. Um, so it's, I guess, maybe not that much of a reach, but, you know, to, to have people adopt it that quickly uh, was was pretty incredible. Um, so we're, we're pretty pleased with the numbers that came in. There's still a little bit of trying to understand what those numbers mean relative to how we've always collected data in the past. And so we've we've got our surveys out this year trying to sort of understand what that relationship looks like a little bit more. And that that might be confusing to some folks because we've asked them to report their harvest and now they're some of, some of them are getting a survey and 
asking again how to report that, you know, for them to report that harvest uh, mm-hmm. from, from this past season. But, but it's because we're trying to understand what that relationship looks like between this new technique and, you know, decades of, of using an old technique. Now, we had over uh, 586,000 hunters purchased a deer license, uh, about a percent, 1% less than 2021, but to have over 300,000 uh, reported, man, that, I mean, to me, in the law of averages, that looks pretty amazing. Yeah, and I, I, I think it is. I think that's that's why it's a testament to the hunters for for picking this up so quickly, you know. We, we typically estimate a harvest of around 400,000 deer. And, you know, whether, you know, there's all sorts of, you know, thoughts on whether that number is accurate or not. Um, and, and, and we're going to have hopefully a better understanding of where, you know, we move going forward with these reports. So certainly we know that not every deer was reported through it. But even if our previous estimates were accurate, uh, and we typically do have a 400,000, you know, deer harvest season, you know, which is our average then getting three out of four deer reported through this system, like like we would have had this year if those averages apply, um, I think is is pretty spectacular for a first-year effort. Chad Stewart of the Michigan DNR joining us here on Wild Michigan. Chad, I'm looking at the counties. Sanilac County led the state with a reported 8,150 deer, and the UP had 22,787. Now, what's really cool about this kind of information so quickly, it's, I mean, look, it's bragging rights if you really want to look at it that way. But, um, and I think it gives hunters too, the people that say, well, I'm, I'm just not seeing deer. I'm not, you know, the numbers aren't there like they used to be or whatever. This is going to be proof that, yeah, they're there. Yeah, and, and what I'm really looking forward to, Duran, is that, you know, this data is available in real time. So as we start going through, you know, this coming season, next season, we'll be able to compare harvest, you know, at different points of the season, at the end of the season, et cetera. So hunters will be able to track how harvest is going in their current year compared to previous years at that point. And it's like, wow, we're up, you know, 5%, we're down 10%, things like that. So I think it's going to really elevate the understanding for our hunting seasons and, and just sort of our, our, our impact-based management uh, for a lot of our hunters. You know, a lot of our hunters are really good with deer biology and, and, and woodsmanship and everything like that. Um, but, you know, to understand the impact of our regulations and, and our, our management is going to be, I think, taken to a whole new level because all of this data is going to be transparent and available and it's going to be uh, – Hunters can dive into it as much or as little as they want. Chad Stewart, Michigan DNR, joining us here. We're talking about uh, the new reporting for 2022 and the Michigan DNR Hunt Fish app. Uh, Chad, with this reporting, um, is there in place or will be will there be a time well where we will see like X amount of 10, X amount of 8 point, X amount of 6 point taken? I mean, or is that just getting too crazy no not at all actually we've actually started to develop some of those maps already and i'll be honest with you duran like some of the information coming out of it is really cool and i think it's really going to surprise a lot of hunters of course part of the the reporting process you know when hunters report a, uh, an antler deer a buck is we ask them how many points are on the left how many points are on the right so um we're able to break down you know sort of 
you know, what, what the impact would be with antler point restrictions, without antler point restrictions, how, how hunters are selectively choosing or not selectively choosing to harvest deer. And we're already starting to break that down by county. We're, we're getting some really cool maps put together. Uh, we're not quite ready to put it out publicly yet, but um, that's absolutely the intent of some of this. And it's, it's basically hunters supplying the data, and it's our responsibility to return that data back to the hunters to, to show exactly what everybody's reporting. And uh, I think it's, it's going to, just like I said earlier, lead to a whole new level of, of transparency with the information and sort of uh, the data that we use to make our management decisions. I really think too, Chad, that it, it might it, it might reinforce those who who like the quality deer management approach to things, uh, enforce their opinion. I mean, look, we're not dogging on anybody for for what you legally take. Let's get that out in the open right now. But those who do like to uh, practice a, a management uh, program or you know follow the management kind of guidelines i mean it, this could be you know really encouraging for your area or hey you know maybe i want to work on this in my area uh, a little bit more yeah I, I think i think you're absolutely right i couldn't agree any more than what, everything that you just said and and you're you're right i mean everybody hunts for a different reason and and some people are maybe geared more towards this side of the spectrum of, you know, a, a management based, you know, decision when they, when they pull their trigger or release their arrow and you've got another, another faction that is more of the, I'm just doing this for fun and I'm happy to get whatever, you know, comes my way, sure. whether it's a, a, a fawn or a spike or, you know, a, an eight point and neither side is wrong. Everybody has their own value system approach to it, but those exactly. sides can have a, a butting of heads in terms of how they view regulations and management. And, you know, if nothing else, this puts data out there and allows okay. people to make informed decisions. All right. Chad Stewart, we're going to talk with you more coming up next here on Wild Michigan on the Michigan Talk Network. This is Cuz Strickland with Mossy Oak, and you're listening to Wild Michigan with Duran Martinez. It sits above the mantle on a couple rusty nails, and it's worth a bunch of money, but it damn sure ain't for sale. The good Lord only knows all the stories it can tell. Granddaddy's gone. Welcome back to Wild Michigan. I'm Duran Martinez. Very happy to have you here on uh, as we are fully into March now. Getting ready. Commemorative Bucks of Michigan have their uh, big fundraiser and banquet coming up on March 25th. Going to be at the Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. I will be your MC for that event. And I uh, would we'll love to see everybody up there. It's a great venue uh, for this event. And we had a great time. DJ Ron will be there. And uh, lots of great giveaways. Lots of guns. Lots of uh, great prizes. So uh, make sure you get there. And thanks to our friends at Not Just Guns in Mason for helping uh, bring the show to you. Back with Chad Stewart uh, with the Michigan uh, DNR. Chad, you and I real briefly talked about uh, what it shows on the new Hunt Fish app from the Michigan DNR 
um, about you know with the reporting. We've had a great deal of uh, reporting for the first year, um, a great number of deer taken and reported in the first year. But let's look at what um, how the antler point restriction areas will kind of pop out because we talked about uh, in the future being able to see uh, numbers of X point deer taken here and there. But like you said, it's really going to make these APR areas stand out. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, we, we like I said, we started to develop maps almost on a county by county basis in terms of, you know, what is the percentage of bucks uh, that are reported being harvested with at least three points on a side, with at least four points on a side. And when you start building what those maps look like, you know, the, the antler point restriction area, especially those, those counties in the, in the northwestern part of our lower peninsula, we've got 13 counties up there, they really stand out. And that, and that, that makes a lot of sense because, you know, legally – you're not allowed to take a deer with less than three points to a side unless you're a, an exempt youth hunter uh, who, who don't have to abide by those APRs. Um, so, you know, those areas wind up getting the shade color in the 90% plus, you know, category. So they're very much darker when as you start going in some of the other counties around it, you know, you're probably in the 60 to 70% uh, range. So it's, it's really clear when you look at some of these maps that we're starting to develop, and hopefully this makes a little bit more sense once we start publicizing it, uh, where the lines are that have APRs and that don't have APRs. Man, I tell you, I, my mind is is going a million different ways now, Chad, because of all of the things that you could do for statistics. Now, I'm not saying the Michigan DNR should or would do these things, but I mean, but but think of the possibilities. Did you take it with a shotgun? Did you take it with a rifle? Uh, traditional archery, uh, you know, compound, crossbow. I mean, all the little subcategories that you could go crazy with, which I don't see happening. But again, it's just kind of how my mind works uh, in, in regards to technology today and, you know, the doors that could open uh, for statistics. Yeah, and and I'm I'm kind of like a kid in a candy store because it, <laughs> it, this harvest reporting system has opened up a whole new door of answering questions that we previously could not answer before. Um, so, like a perfect example, I got an email yesterday from somebody saying, you know, what is the percentage of uh, hunters during the youth season or, or the liberty hunt that you know it, that are using different types of of, of weapons. And it's not something that, you know, I sat down and like was the first thing that popped into my mind once all this data came from, but it's like, we have that available now. So I could, I could answer them. And, you know, 90% of hunters in the Liberty season now we know are using either a rifle or a shotgun, which isn't that surprising, but sure. it's, it's nice to be able to quantify, you know, how many are going out with like a, a bow or crossbow versus a, a rifle or a shotgun. You know, the other thing that we started doing is looking at, uh, harvest by day. You know, typically in our past, we've always had harvest reports by season, but you've never mm-hmm. been able to see how that harvest has been distributed across the season. And and now we started looking at that. So, you know, firearm season, we started looking and we've got over 45,000 deer reported on November 15th alone, which is t- more than twice uh, any other day in the season, uh, the second day would be November 16th. So it just sort of goes to show you 
you know, the impact of certain days of the season compared to, um, you know, you know, other days later, like one of my favorite things that I I talk about is, you know, the impact of that opening day. And uh, we, we, we estimated that there was uh, one reported deer harvested for every 0.8 seconds of daylight on opening day. And then when you factor, which is an incredible stat in the state of Michigan. It is. Yeah, the other thing that's really cool is um, in terms of reports that came through, the number of deer that came through and reported on, on opening day or being taken on opening day was the same as the final nine days of firearm season. Wow. And that's that's pretty incredible to think, too, that, man, even lengthening that season, you know, sometimes gets a lot of, of flack because there's this view that you've got all these days out and people are constantly putting pressure on deer and I don't think that's really happening because you're getting so many more deer harvested on opening day and just very little participation in those those later days of the season. Chad Stewart, Michigan DNR, joining us here on the Conquest Sense Hotline. Chad, let me take this one step further and 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 forgive me for doing so, but boy, could we pattern the deer by times of harvest? Um that's a good question, and I think the answer to that is, like, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, well, because weather you know, and everything else factoring <laughs> in. Yeah, you know, because when we look at it right now, all we can do is are, are looking at, you know, the harvest reports coming in. And it, it takes two things for for a, a successful harvest report. One, it takes it takes the need for deer to move, and, and I think that's what you're getting at. But mm-hmm. two, you have, to have, you have to have hunters in the field, too. You have to have hunters right. out there doing it. So if deer are moving on a Wednesday afternoon and nobody's out hunting them that day, you know, it's not going to translate and show through. So you have to have both of those things. Now, fortunately, hunters are really good about knowing when to be out when deer are moving. So I think what you're talking about probably can be accomplished um, just because we know hunters are going to to capitalize on their movement. All right. Chad Stewart, Michigan DNR, thank you so much, man. Great, great information. We appreciate you joining us. Got a full day today. Going to bring up our good friend Steve Gruber from the Steve Gruber Show coming up next here on Wild Michigan on the Michigan Talk Network. Join us on Facebook or listen to podcasts, all from our website at wildmichiganradio.com. Now, back to Duran Martinez and Wild Michigan. Cross the line at an hour to time, Interstate 94, more miles through the Great Lakes State. Turn it up so the bus ain't late, another night in Michigan. Welcome back to Wild Michigan. I'm Duran Martinez. Very happy to have you here. Thanks to Chad Stewart from the Michigan DNR uh, for joining us in that first segment. Great news. That was great news coming out of the new DNR Hunt and Fish app. Lots of uh, great information. And in, in real time, not waiting like a year and a half to figure out how many deer were like roughly harvested. We've got good, accurate information now. Lots of good things coming from that. We'll talk more about that in the future. And I want to thank our friends at Not Just Guns, Cedar Street 127 in Mason for bringing us the show and, and guns are on the mind of myself and uh, and many others right now especially those in the state senate and in the governor's office Steve Gruber joins us right now host of the Steve Gruber show on these very stations of the Michigan Talk Network and all over uh, via his own website stevegruber.com how are you Steve 
Durant. I am marvelous. Thank you so much for asking. Absolutely. Now, you are at the CPAC convention in Washington, D.C.? I am. You put the CPAP convention for mouth breathers. No, no, that's not it. CPAC with a CPAC. Yeah, the CPAC, Conservative Political Action Committee. You know, yeah. and it's and to me, it's really good timing. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, un- we had a very unfortunate incident. Um, incident, nothing. It was it was a mass shooting at Michigan State University. Uh, nothing any of us ever want to see. No, absolutely but, not. But a a perfect opportunity for an agenda ridden uh, governor and you know representative of the state of Michigan, which I was just absolutely appalled to watch uh, during the news conference. The the fact of the matter is, you you look, uh, Duran, the the horrible shooting at Michigan State University by a guy who had had been facing a five-year felony with a two-year enhancement possible, according to my good friend, Professor Steve Doolin, who I knew has been on your program in the past. He said, you know, the problem with Michigan law was there was no lesser and included charge, meaning it was either all or none on that deal. It was either a felony or a misdemeanor with probation. Wouldn't it be nice if there could have been an intermediate step where maybe it's a misdemeanor, but you don't get to own a gun for three years or five years or something to say, look, we take this seriously. We're not going to make it a lifetime ban on you. But we're so none of those things happened. And then that individual went and bought two guns legally, opened fire at Michigan State against, and killed people he's never met, didn't know, complete strangers, a complete horrible you know, act of depravity. And then it took about 10 seconds for the Democrats to say, we've got 11 bills that we've prepared as a result of this. That's garbage, Duran. Those 11 bills were sitting there ready to go from the get-go. And here's the one that people need to know that is really going to be upsetting to anybody of the 800,000-plus Michigan people that own concealed pistol licenses. You're about to get nullified. And what I mean by that is there's an exemption for CPL uh, carriers in places like grocery stores or the bank or a variety of other places, those exemptions are going to be eliminated, meaning any business that sells liquor, alcohol in Michigan, you're not allowed to take your gun there. You're not even allowed to be in the parking lot. So if there's a Meyer store or a Kroger store that sells alcohol, which of course they do, you're not legally allowed to be in the parking lot with your firearm, not even if it's locked up in your glove box, would it be legal anymore? because that's where they're approaching the gun laws and they're taking out the guns and basically nullifying 800,000 concealed pistol licenses in Michigan. And that should get everybody's attention. But that's what's being discussed, and that's what's going to be pushed through, and that's what's going to be rammed down your throat and everybody else's. Steve Gruber from the Steve Gruber Show joining us here on Wild Michigan. Steve, you know, and I've said this in the past, we have tried to stay – kind of middle of the road on this show without being very political, even though a lot of times we are forced to be political in this thing. And I really look at, you know, how Michigan votes. And I know we are a very strong union uh, state because of the auto industry and other industries here in the state of Michigan. And, And I really wonder how the union sportsmen of America view this. Well, here's the thing, Duran. I, I, here's here's what I want to ask, and I don't know if there's any way we ever arrive at this answer. Some of those House seats, they gave the Democrats the 56-54 majority in the House, and a couple of those Senate seats, they gave them a 20-18 to 18 majority in the Senate, uh, giving them both houses for the first time in 40 years, allowing this to occur. 
how many of those 800,000-plus CPL carriers didn't bother to vote in the midterms of November 2022 because it just wasn't that important? Is it important now? Is it important now? I want to know right now. Is it important now with your CPL being nullified? Because here's the thing, Duran, that you know and that I know. CPL carriers are the most law-abiding citizens, more law-abiding than police officers, statistically speaking. I think you would be hard-pressed because I can't think of one. I'm sure there must be one somewhere. But I cannot think of a single example, a single case, where a CPL um, a CPL carrying individual committed a murder or a heinous crime, certainly nothing like we've seen, never a mass killing, nothing like that. I can't even find a murder, let alone anything um, beyond the pale like we saw at Michigan State or even Oxford. And here's the other thing about those two events. These 11 bills that are being put together, not one of those bills addresses anything that happened at either Oxford High School or Michigan State. Those were handguns that were purchased legally. A background check wouldn't have changed it. Red flag laws wouldn't have changed it. Safe stories laws may have changed Oxford, I suppose, but they gave the kid the gun, did his parents. Sure. So none of these have anything to do with anything. It's an agenda to disarm law-abiding citizens like you and me. Steve Gruber, our guest here on uh, Wild Michigan on the Michigan Talk Network. Our website is wildmichiganradio.com. You can pick up our podcast there anytime, all updated and ready to go. Now, this coming from our good friend, former state senator uh, Rick Jones, sent me a, a very detailed message via Facebook yesterday. House Bill 4127 uh, would make it illegal to possess a firearm within 100 feet of an absentee ballot box. Because, That's right. Because most of these boxes are curbside. The bill would prohibit possession of a firearm along many roads, buildings, etc. Uh, absolutely true. Another way, and again, where are they? Do you keep track in your mind where a drop box is for the ballot harvesting? I don't. Yeah, this is for the mass ballot bailout, uh, uh, mass ballot mailout and, and retrieval. I don't have any idea. So what they're basically doing is playing the game that New York played. Now, New York lost in the Supreme Court, and they're going to lose again. But here's the game that's being played. Basically, say, yeah, you can own a gun. You just can't have it here or here or here or here or over there and not down there and not around the corner over here. Basically nullifying gun rights in the entire state of Michigan is what they're doing. Steve Gruber, our guest here on Wild Michigan. You know, and, and like like you said, Steve, and I, I agree with this completely, and I think a lot of people agree with it, They these have been laying in wait for an opportunity uh, to come forth. And the display from our governor and our, our uh, and Alyssa Slotkin, I, I just, I, <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't go all Elvis and kick my TV in. <laughs> Uh, at well, that point, yeah, just because it's, it's, not, so it's not too difficult. late, you, you well, still could. <laughs> right. uh, but let me give you one more bit of. Um, let me let me just peer into the crystal ball and tell you what I see. All right, uh, and, and I appreciate you having me on. Let me peer into the crystal ball because if you go back over the last couple of election cycles, the Democrats have been very good about uh, creating the Michigan model, as I call it. Uh, first, they brought marijuana to the ballot, which turned out a tremendous amount of left of center voters to vote for marijuana. Oh, and while you're here, vote for all these Democrats, which they did. Last election, they put abortion on the ballot, which brought out a lot of left of center voters. Oh, and by the way, vote for these members of the state house, these members of the state senate, and some, like I said, squeaked through by a few hundred votes. There it is. And in 2024, the crystal ball tells me that AR-15s and gun bans will be on the ballot to enshrine them in the Michigan Constitution to ban these guns. And they'll say, well, the Michigan voters did it. 
Now, it'll be contrary to the United States Constitution. It's not constitutional, but it's coming. Bet your bottom dollar that they're going to put it on the ballot because they've kind of tried and true that they can't get things through the legislature, but they can certainly put them on the ballot and convince people by spending millions and millions of dollars on advertising that this is the right thing to do to disarm you and I even further. All right. Steve Gruber is our guest here. We're going to talk more with him, find out what's happening in Washington with the CPAC. Also, what's coming up on the Steve Gruber Show here on Wild Michigan on the Michigan Talk Network. To everyone that has served this great country, keeping us free to enjoy the great outdoors, thank you. From Duran Martinez and Team Wild Michigan. I'm just trying to be a father, raise a daughter and a son, be a lover to their mother. Everything to everyone. Welcome back to Wild Michigan. I'm Duran Martinez. Very happy to have you here as we are each and every weekend. Or wherever you listen to the podcast at wildmichiganradio.com, being brought to you by Conquest Sense and also Not Just Guns, Cedar Street 127 in Mason. Steve Gruber, host of the Steve Gruber Show on all of these stations of the Michigan Talk Network, joining me here. Uh, Steve and I uh, go way, 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 way back, long before this show started, long before uh, the wildlife that was on WJR that I had the uh, great opportunity to work on with Steve. And our good friend Deborah Hart, uh, back to Steve's days as a, a local TV anchor with with Channel Ten. That's where where Joe Pags actually was at too. You guys and your your starts and Lansing TV, man. Yeah, crazy, right? I should have Pags had to figure it out. I went and did other stuff. I should have gotten into talk radio then. What an idiot I am. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's a slow start, but look, but look now, man, it's you're doing a great job with that show. And and again, I go back to the wildlife because that's where you gave me an opportunity to produce that show, to find guests for that show. Well, and if then, I might be so bold, Duran, you kicked its ass. Well, and then I had this bright idea. Hey, maybe I should have my own outdoor show and realized, yeah. I don't know Jack. So we bring in the, the best guests that we can absolutely find um, to ask them those questions everybody else has, because I can. And if it's a dumb question, nobody will know, because I'm just a radio guy asking a question. Right. I got it. Good stuff. But you learned along the way. You know, you ought to have a... You gotta have a YouTube channel doing. Hey, I'm stumbling in, stumbling in the outdoors. Here's Duran Martinez. Take the take the hook out of your thumb, Duran. You're you're a star now. Yeah, that's sort of it. I mean, that stuff works, man. People want to learn. Well, they do, and you know, Steve, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there because this is uh, one of two questions I have for this segment because you're so fantastic at answering. Uh, the first one is rather rhetorical. You know, I buy and sell a lot of vintage stuff. The other day, um, ironically, just like two days before uh, the MSU incident, I bought this metal sign that would be posted outside of school areas. It's a big metal sign reflective that says gun-free school zone it has a revolver with the red circle and a line through it steve <laughs> how many criminals has have those steins stopped just curious no, and, and, and you bring up a really important and i know you don't 
like being political on this program, so I won't be political. I'll just use statistics because this is an important thing to understand. School shootings are about the most horrendous crime anybody could imagine, whether they occur here or occur, you know, anywhere in the world. It's just a horrendous damn thing to conceive of, and that anybody would do such a horrible thing is uh, really beyond comprehension. But here's the bottom line. There's never been a mass shooting in the Detroit public schools. They have their own police department. There's never been a mass public shooting in Chicago, and we know how dangerous and ugly Chicago Mm -hmm. is when you're out on the streets. You look at any major school district in America that has armed guards, they don't have mass shootings. And let me take it a step further. If you look at schools in places like Kentucky and Texas where they have allowed faculty and staff to carry concealed, they don't have mass shootings either. Not one that I can find. Has there ever been a mass shooting at any of the schools? In Texas, it's about a third of them. Uh, Kentucky has a number of them. Tennessee has a number of them. Um, Never been a mass shooting in these places. Why? Because they're defended. They're hard targets. They're not a gun-free zone. They're not an easy pick. It's not shooting fish in a barrel. It's, it's defended, and people know it. So I look at all this money we spend on this and that and everything else in this country. If you put an average, there are about 134,000. I'm not being political. I'm just telling you the facts, the numbers. There's about 134,000 school buildings in America, all right? Of those 134,000 school buildings, you could put a brand-new special resource officer, a police officer, in every building. If they've already got one, great. The ones that don't have one would have one for the first time. It would cost about $11.5 billion a year at an $80,000 average salary. You put an $80,000 person into 135,000, give or take, school building facilities in America, make them more protected than they are today for $11.5 billion, and I say, why the hell are we not doing it? Well, I mean, the numbers just make sense. Unfortunately, that's why we're not, because it would be a and that and that figure, that salaried figure on average, if you were to take that straight across the board, uh, you'd have people clamoring, good, honest people clamoring for that job. That's right. If you paid more in New York City and less in rural Michigan or whatever, but it would average out maybe sixty thousand here, a hundred thousand there, whatever. But it would be an attractive salary with Benny's. Okay, so we put benefits on. Maybe it'll cost us a little more than $11.5 billion. But the fact of the matter is, it can be done. It will be done if we were smart. Because hard targets are safe targets. Steve Gruber joining us here on the Conquest Sense Hotline. Steve, I ask, uh, because this is more your realm than mine, uh, when we urge people to contact their local representatives, their, their local uh, reps, their local state senators, things of that nature. Is it really doing any good? I mean, look, for those who agree with us, I get, but are we really going to sway those who are no. following the lead of, of the president and everybody else? Well, the politicians, no. I mean, I can tell you all 11 of those bills, as wrong as it is, to take Oxford or Michigan State and convert that into attacking lawful gun owners like myself and you, it's wrong. It's going to happen. It's a foregone conclusion. People like Dr. John Lott are coming in to testify with numbers and statistics. They don't care about that. They don't care about that. Their, their goal is to disarm all Americans. It's not about AR-15s. It's not about semi-automatic this or that. It's about all guns, every single one, I truly believe.
Yeah, and I can guarantee not one uh, not one criminal is 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 voting for them to be to be out either. So, you know, I mean, Correct. it's just it, it's rather unfortunate. So, um, what is going on in your world? You're in Washington D.C. We've got a couple minutes left in the segment, I do believe. Uh, you're at CPAC. Well, you know, it's a collection. You know, here's the thing: there's a divide in America. We see what's happening in Michigan. We talked about it a fair amount this hour. You know, the the far left uh, Democrats taking over, hijacking the agenda ruthlessly, ramming through everything that, you know, they've ever dreamed of. And they're doing it because they have a two-seat margin in both the Senate and the House. You know, one race goes the other way, they're both tied, and we wouldn't be having any of this. Mm-hmm. But they have a two-seat advantage, 56-54, 20 to 18, and then because of that, they're ramming through everything. But you look at Florida. Florida's a red state, not a swing state anymore. Ohio, Iowa, Texas. They're all red and red forever. And Pennsylvania are problematic. We've got to do everything we can to get us back. Yeah, it's uh, it's a it's pretty much a hot mess from from my standpoint. And again, I appreciate right. you uh, joining us and giving us that insight because you know, like I said, this is this is the, not been the show that we delve into politics that much. But when it comes to uh, being so important to everyday gun owners who just like to hunt or fish or recreate or carry concealed, yeah, now it is a big deal, and we do need to bring these, bring these things to the forefront. And you know, and, and and bad on me for not being more to the front about this, but you know, it's it's very important. And do not get me wrong, the concern for these kids have been in our hearts 100 percent, right. and that is something that we don't want to get confused that's right i mean there's ways to solve the problem like i said put resource officers in our schools put more people on campus make it so you can't just walk into a building as a stranger all of these things duran common sense that's it common sense yeah it is steve uh, we appreciate you we know you've got another uh meeting to go to so i'm gonna cut you loose and say thank you and everybody please check him out stevegruber.com the steve gruber show that happens here on the michigan talk network best to you brother thank you thank you duran as always my friend absolutely more coming your way we got a whole another hour coming your way in a little bit and we are going to talk to uh Talk about rather collecting in the uh, the world of sporting, okay? Uh, you know, like old hunting and fishing lures, old Remington stuff, old Winchester stuff, and that is going to be a lot of fun because that is something very near and dear to my heart. I want to thank also Chad Stewart in the first hour of our show with the Michigan DNR, of course, the new Michigan DNR uh, hunt and fish app that is out. Download on your phone, absolutely free. Uh, when it comes back to deer season in Michigan, you have 72 hours to report your harvest. Uh, and it really is really giving some great information. We had over 300,000 deer taken, almost 400,000 deer taken. Uh, I'm sorry, hunters. Uh, and of course, the the uh, the amount of deer taken, all that information is ready in real time. And uh so cool to see and there's so many things that we can really delve into once that information becomes available to us so we're going to speak with greg woodland coming up in the next hour of the show big event coming up uh in the world of hunting and sporting collectibles fishing stuff thanks to conquest sense thanks to not just guns get all that information on our website wildmichiganradio.com